Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to welcome everybody to Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live. I have my special guest, Dennis Eslock, and I also have my co-host, David Flowers. I'm going to take them off of mute. Um, let me see, because we don't we only have so much time on the show. Pull you all off of mute right away. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, just making sure. I don't want to be extremely loud like I was on the last show. Got to make sure I'm public too. Hold on. I mean, those of us that know you are used to you being loud and reasonably obnoxious. (laughs) Oh, that's true. I'll give you that one. Hi, Heather. How are you? Hi, Heather. Just wanted to remind everybody, too, um, that's that's tuning in. If you want the latest paranormal events, go to Virginia Paranormal Events on Facebook, and that way you can find out all what all the latest events that are going on as far as in the as far as different paranormal investigations, <laughs> as, as far as different paranormal yeah. investigations. And as y'all know, Dennis Eslock is our special guest tonight. And he, gosh, he does a multitude of things. He, the main thing to me is, or how I got to know him was that investigation to Pamplin Park, and he is the founder, hello, Shayla, of CROP. Um, he's also one of the caretakers at the Cabin on 360. So, and these are for people that are new uh, on my Facebook page that, that don't know who he is. David Flowers, he's my co-host. He's in the middle. He is the person that runs the tours over at the Manor House in Williamsburg. So tours are done there Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, 9 o'clock. Reach out to him if y'all want to set up something. And without further ado, here we go, because this is unscripted. Dennis. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Dennis, can can you tell people about yourself? Because I have so many people on here that are new. Sure. Don't know. So I've dealt with the paranormal since I was seven. Uh, my first interaction with spirit was at seven. Um, 
my grandfather passed away, he came to me, told me goodbye, and he loved me, and he'd see me later. So that was my first time. I probably ran my first EVP session, which we didn't even know it was called that then, when I was 10, 11 years old with a couple of cousins of mine. They lived close to a very large cemetery, and we had heard, uh, at that time, and I'm going to give away my age here, remember what we used to call the old ghetto blaster or the shoulder rocker? You know, this area that made you walk kind of sideways, threw it up on your shoulder and strolled off, much to the dismay of all the neighbors and anyone around you. I had one of those. So we put it out in the cemetery and just hit record and went a couple of hundred feet away from it to see what actually happened. And lo and behold, we, we didn't pick up ghosts talking or spirits talking but what we picked up was somebody whistling a tune. Um, oh, wow. My uncle was a musician and played in a band and actually had his own band. And uh, He had played in Nashville before, um, you know, so he was very well versed at it. So they took it to him, and they're like, Dad, what is this? We caught this out in the cemetery. There wasn't anybody around. And it was a tune from, he believed it was the 1940s. So that was pretty cool. You know, we had no clue. We didn't hear anything while we were out there, but the recorder picked it up. So that was my first EVP session. Um, then when I was 16, my brother passed away, uh, took his own life, and that was my next major interaction with spirit. Uh, hey, Heather. Um, you know, my I I remember my brother coming to me. Uh, telling me goodbye, he loved me, and he'd always have my back. And I knew at that moment that this was going to be pretty much a lifetime passion for me. I was going to do this. Um, then I start watching all the shows and everything, and I'm kind of like, wow, they, they they really don't do this the way I would do it if it were me doing it. So then I started CROP, uh, Commonwealth Researchers of the Paranormal. And I've got some of the most wonderful people I could ever ask for, yourself included. Uh, Carrie that's in chat, Heather that's in chat, the other Heather Stewart that's in chat. Um, you know, we all bring a different set of tools to the table. Um, you know, I've got some, some healthy skepticism amongst the team, and I've got firm believers on the team, and I've got sensitive people on the team, and I've got people that don't have the sensibilities of a rock when it comes to spirit world, but they know how to use the equipment and what to do and, and how to interact first and foremost with respect and with compassion if we're in a private residence helping somebody. They do it with compassion, and that's that's the type of people that I chose to surround myself with when I created this team. And I think I've done pretty damn well in that aspect. Yeah. So, you know, one of the one of the main things that my team focuses on, obviously we'll do a private residence in a heartbeat, but we have a location that um, my co-founder, Ryan Jones, and his family own, um, the cabin on 360. And, and we kind of specialize, we started there in charity events. And then we started yeah. dealing with places like Henrikus Historical Park, and we did fundraisers for them. 
we'd go out and we'd get we'd sell tickets to it and all the funds go to the park. And then we did Pamplin Historical Park that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we raised funds for them. And you know, I, I've got a few other places uh, in the pipeline right now that I'm trying to get in to do some fundraising for. We've done Edgewood uh, Plantation and, and we've got you know but my main goal in doing this wasn't to wasn't to be on TV, wasn't to be, um, you know, one of the Paris celebs. I don't get invited to speak at the conferences. Uh, you know, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to help historic locations and people. And, yeah. you know, when, when we started doing Henrikus Park, I made him a promise. I'll put you on the paranormal map. And I made Pamphlet uh, Historical Park the same promise. I want to put you on the his, on the paranormal map and make you known, and help you make money, and help you fundraise. And right. I had uh, production companies reach out to me, and well, Pamphlet Park was was featured on an episode of uh, Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne and Katrina Weedman, and it was a phenomenal show. And both of them walked away with the holy shit. Did you? you believe what happened? So, and Henricus, you know, they they host events now a couple of times a year with other teams and doing fundraising and everything else. So I did exactly what I set out to do, and my team has been instrumental in that. We made these places some something special in the paranormal. So that's yeah. a little about me. Yeah, that was a really good episode. We got some people in. Hi, Amanda. We got John Sullivan in, Shayla. So you got different people hello. here in the chat Good to say hello to them. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Miss you, too. Why doesn't you not know me? This is bullshit. Hi, Lucy. Yeah, the portals, the portals to hell. I watched that. That was a really good episode. Yeah, that was funny. Just watching the two of them go back and forth with the uh, rim pod and the flashlight, and they're like, what the hell? What is going on? And I'm like, you're getting played with. That's what's there. They're wonderful. The spirits there are just (laughs) phenomenal. Yeah, and how how I was trying to look up some of the history of it. It's got, I mean, it has several different locations, I mean, as far as that Pamplin Park. It's a huge park. It's not what pe- it's not your typical little park. It's it's no, no, no. It, it, it's four hundred and twenty four acres of battlefield. Um, it has two residential structures on property that were there pre Civil War. Actually, it has a couple other than that, but the two are uh, the Hart Farm and the Boiseau Family Farm, known as Tudor House. Um, but there's a couple of other residences on the property that don't have the history to them, but they keep uh, staff lives in those to keep them up and keep them uh, vital. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. They also have the Banks House that's actually part of the park, but you have to go off property to get to it. Um, you know, so it, it's a Phenomenal place. They host the Boy Scout Adventure Camp in the summertime. Uh, they'll get a few hundred Boy Scouts out there for the week. Um, they'll dress them in kepis and, and you know teach them what it was like 
during the Civil War. Uh, they've got a little encampment area. Uh, they have a huge museum that's got, you know, just thousands of artifacts in it. Um, oh, yeah. One of the most interesting things in the museum, and this is kind of morbid, but so when the main museum was being built, one of the primary uh, contractors there brought his dog to work with him every day. So the dog was kind of part of the crew, and everybody there knew the dog, and everybody got to love the dog. And before the building was 100% completed, the dog passed away. Well, they actually had the dog um, taxidermied, and the dog is now a permanent display in the um, main museum, in the main gallery at the front. So, you know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, we haven't gotten any evidence of a spirit dog being in the building, but, you know, the fact that the dog is there, it shows the type of people that built this. They cared. They're not doing it for fame and wealth because, you know, it's a not-for-profit. They're losing money every year. Um, they barely make ends meet. But they have hearts of gold, and they love the history, and they want to share that and educate people about what it was then. And it's not based on – so most Civil War museums, parks, whatever, um, they want to focus on, you know, General Lee did this, and uh, mm-hmm. Major so-and-so did that. These guys focus on the soldiers, the individual soldiers. Hey, Katrina. The, the official name of the place is Pantheon Historical Park and the American or the Museum of the American Civil War Soldier. And that's what it's based around. You know, it's not just what the war was or about or instruments of the war. It's about the people that fought the war. Mm-hmm. You know, John Doe that left home and family to go defend his land. So it's a really cool place, and the history there is phenomenal. The activity there is outstanding. So if you ever get a chance, go down to Denwood, Virginia, check out Pamplin Historical Park. You'll have a great time. Plan Mm -hmm. probably four to five hours because it's a lot of walking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's, it's, I mean, it's still a cool, interesting walking. You're not alone. No. Hey, Dennis. No, no place on that park. That is. Have, have they ever had, <coughs> excuse me, have they had reenactments out there? Oh, yeah, many times. Have, have you had the opportunity to do any kind of investigating after a reenactment? No, I have not. Um, that's one thing that I hope to do because typically the reenactments will – just raise the vibe and raise the energy. So eventually I hope to be able to do that, but so far I have not had that opportunity. Hey, Katrina. But we have uh, we have had the opportunity to invest, investigate with the public on three separate occasions, and you know, nobody has left yet going, I just didn't get anything. There was nothing. Nobody. And that's, you know, we've done 
four or five investigations there as a team, and we've hosted three or four um, public investigations with you know, 40 or 50 guests each time. And it's been phenomenal every time. Yeah, I'm going to have to make my way out there. Yeah, nothing missed out there. It's a cool place. Yeah, I, I'm working with them now. So part of the problem, um, COVID, like so many other places, COVID kind of kicked them into financial bobos. Um, their main benefactor is the Pamplin Foundation, Dr. Pamplin and his family. And, you know, because their stocks took a major hit, um, they cut back funding to the park. So their main endowment for the year was drastically sliced. And then, of course, all of the students that used to come out, all of the weddings and and receptions and um, major corporate functions and everything, they lost a huge part of that during COVID when we were in lockdowns. So they went mm -hmm. from a crew and staff of 19 uh, to about nine. And, you know, it's very hard for them to cover a nighttime session when we're there. And because of the main museum and the number of artifacts that are there, because of the artifacts that are in the Tudor Hall, the Hart Farm, the Battlefield Center, the artifacts in general that are on the property, they have to keep staff on site in those areas. So they yeah. need um, four personnel on property with us, and if we stay till 2 a.m., then well, they're there till 2 a.m. Well, rather than pay them overtime, they give them comp time, which is you take off Tuesday for coming in tonight. And the trouble is they don't have enough hands on deck to give the staff that time off during the week. So we're finding it very difficult to be able to get in there and, and do events and even just do an investigation again, period. They just don't have the manpower. And volunteerism in this country has dropped to an all-time low, I think. Um, yeah. You know, everybody feels so entitled. They want 15 18 bucks an hour to go flip burgers at a ham hamburger joint. And, um and a volunteer, oh, no, I'm worth $15, $18 an hour, and I'm not volunteering for anything. So they just don't have the hands available to back them up for us to come in and eat up man hours. Even though they make decent money when we do it, that's not the issue. The issue is they, they can't go without their staff during the daytime when the, they're open. Right. Right, that makes but sense. We are looking at we are looking at the fall. Um, so Chris Banchero and I. Chris Banchero is their head of operations. Um, previously, he was the uh, chief park ranger, but he and I are looking towards the fall that maybe we can block some time out in their schedule, get them at a position where they can do an event. And as soon as I find out a a date. You bet your sweet ass I'm going to book it and I'll scream it from the mountaintops that we're going back to Pamplin. Come and join us. Hey, Trey, yeah. love you, sis. So that's that's what I'm hoping for at this point is that, you know, they can hire some new staff, 
get a little extra coverage and some extra bodies in the buildings and, and be able to get back to Pamplin and, and show the public what Jack and Katrina got to see when they were there with portals to hell and, and what hey, my Jane. team has encountered. You know, it's been outstanding what we've encountered thus far in the past. Oh. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Not boring there for sure. Can you talk a little bit about the Kavanaugh? Can you talk a little bit too about the Kavanaugh 360 while you're talking locations? Because I have people that are on here that are interested in that as well. Do you mind? Well, since you're asked so nicely, I suppose I can do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, bring the Cheetos and don't forget cheese puffs, girl. Yeah, right. Uh, so the Cabin on 360, like I mentioned earlier, my buddy Ryan, who's the co-founder with Crop, uh, his family owns it, and they bought it in 1978. It's seven acres of battlefields on Route 360 outside Mechanicsville, Virginia. Uh, there's a log cabin and a brick rancher there. Uh, within about a mile and a half, I can account for 2,264 men that were killed, captured, wounded, or missing in action, including right on that property. Um, and then in 1979, there was a tragedy took place in the Brick Rancher between a 17-year-old uh, yep. boy and his 12-year-old half-sister, um, and where he had raped and murdered her in the house. Now, we don't know why he did that. I do have EVPs that explain it, but, you know, you really don't know who you're talking to. So I can't hold an EVP 100% valid. It's certainly not admissible in court. But when I asked, um, did you cause Randy to rape and murder his own little sister, the EVP that I got back was a deep, gruff, yes. Oh, something there has taken claim for it. Um, as well, you know, my dear friends over at the Twisted Paranormal Society, um, they have a Paraflix series called The Twisted Realm. And they did an investigation there. And Tana asked, why did you do that? Why did you cause Randy to harm his own sister? And the voice that came back was that same deep, gruff voice and said, the violence. So something there is taking claim for it. Now, you know, if you want to take personal culpability away from a person that does a shitbag thing and you want to blame it on, you know, demonic activity or whatever, you know, you're welcome to do that. Something there is taking credit for it. Um, I don't know what led up to it. I wasn't there that day, obviously. It was 1979. But... You know, this 17-year-old kid raped and murdered his 12-year-old half-sister in the house in what had to have been an ugly struggle and threw her body partially clothed out the back bedroom window and dragged her off in the woods. So there was definitely some energy left in that home. Um, you know, I, I've been doing paranormal investigations for well around 20 years, and I've had to for lack of better terms, I've had the living shit scared out of me twice, you know, where you almost put something down your pant leg. Uh, 
once was at St. Albans Sanatorium. Something ran up behind me in the long, dark tunnel, as they call it. And the second time was at the Brick Rancher uh, at the cabin on 360. Something stepped in front of me coming out of the kitchen doorway into the living room. And it was just this instant rush right in my face. And my vision went black. I couldn't see the windows across the room from me. And I asked Ryan, where are you at? We had two prospective team members out there that night. I wanted to see how they're going to do in the dark and, you know, how mm-hmm. how well are they at investigating and et cetera. And, uh, I asked Ryan, I said, hey, man, where are you at? He said, I'm over by the bathroom. And that's when I went off on whatever stepped up in front of me. And I'm like, don't you ever fucking step up on me like that again. I will banish your ass. I will call my saints to bear. And then we hear like three boot steps go across the living room. And it went dead silent. That Ryan asked me, uh, what was that? I don't know, man, but I think I peed a little. I'm going outside. So that was that was the type of thing that I got to expect in that location. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Gene. Two more of my team members. So, like I said, I've built a, a wonderful team, man. I've got some of the best in the field. They don't have all the latest, greatest technology. They don't have millions to spend, but what they don't have in their gear cases and in their bank accounts, they have in their heart, and that's why I brought them on board. I couldn't I couldn't be any richer unless I win tonight's lottery, and then, you know, you, you wouldn't even know. I mean, there will be a sign that I won the lottery, but I'm not going to tell anybody. You'll, you'll know. When the limo pulls up in front of my teammates' doors, go and get your ass in. You'll you'll know. <laughs> yeah, and Gene, well, Heather, calling him out. TV superstar. Hey, Gene was on uh, Portals to Hell with me. And he had a great spot and he did a wonderful job. Yeah, yeah he, he did. He did. Yeah. That, like I said, that was a really good show. Both of y'all did. That that was an excellent show. If you haven't watched it, y'all need to watch it. Yeah, my my thirty seconds on that didn't compare to you know superstar Gene there. <laughs> he did he did autographs. I I've already got his autograph. He signed my titty. I'm gonna get it tattooed him. I haven't watched that titty since he signed it. <laughs> Poor David's gonna choke again. Yeah, please don't suck them up again. Hey, your um, your 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 sister from another mother wants to come on chat, so I'm going to go ahead and unmute her. So we're in trouble now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. Only go downhill. Hello. Yeah. How is everybody? Hello. How are you? I want to know when yes. that limo is going to show up at my house to tell me to get in the car. <laughs> well, if I win tonight's eight hundred and thirty plus million dollar lottery, you you won't get told when. You'll just know because the limo will come out and big people will come drag you out of your house. Yes. Drag me? Heck, <laughs> I'll put on my sparkly shoes, click my heels three times, yell "fuck you, bitches" to Illinois. Pardon my French. Don't know if I can say that, and I'm gone. <laughs> 
Well, it's a little late to ask if you can say it now, isn't it? I oops. Come on, you know I cuss like a trucker. It's part of my normal language. I oops. I just you know it's not a lottery ticket. It's not a censored show. You good. Okay, I heard Jerry say that. But apologies if I offended anybody's virgin ears, but I say that laughing because we're all paranormal investigators, and boy, we've said some stuff. Especially yeah. Especially after the cabin so, of 360 or Pamplin, Parker, and Ruckus. You've had some stuff happen, and we all have. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I got a mm. Heather Dotson in here. It says, love the walkaway sport in the crop shirt, Dennis. So I was authorized because I'm the founder, I was authorized to wear a team shirt. You notice Jean didn't have mm-hmm. one. Um, Crystal was also on the episode, but her portion got cut. I don't know why. But I I was authorized, as long as it has a small chest logo on it, it's okay. And then here goes a whole back piece. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, when you know I saw that, the glow in the dark eyeballs. So I'm like, get it, Dennis, get it. <laughs> like, afterwards, they were like, man, I wish I had seen that shirt before we did that cut. Because it, it, do, do you have another shirt that doesn't have the whole back covered in a logo? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sorry, that's that's the only ones I had made. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. It, it's your logo and everything, right? And I went, oh yeah, I designed the whole thing. So, but it was funny as hell. They weren't expecting that. Well, you know, you were dismissed, so you walked away. You're not going to walk away backwards. That's dumb. Exactly. But, Yvonne, hey, I hope you and Bill win win good tonight in in the big lottery. Congrats on buying tickets. Yeah. So I had to throw some kudos to them. What time are you drawing? 11. 11 o'clock? Okay. Maybe I'll have to get off the phone with you guys later and go get some tickets. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like I was saying earlier, you know, crop does some pretty amazing things, and along with crop, I have so Tracy Ann here is basically my adopted sister from another Mister. Um, I often refer to her as my soul sister. Um, she started something that bastard. the cabin last year. <laughs> Um, the cabin last year, we opened the doors and allowed them to do this event at no cost. And I'll let her tell you about that because Crop will be involved in year? some future ones that she has coming. Yeah, I guess that it was. was. This it year, was Dennis. April? It was just recently. Um, yeah. We had, Jerry and I have talked about this before on the show, but I had an idea and I called Jerry and I asked her what she thought of it. And she unwittingly became my co founder of Boo Bitches Paranormal. And Boo Bitches Paranormal is an all-female investigation team that will get together and investigate um, what I call bucket list sites. Um, The next one we're looking at is to go out to Alton, Illinois, and investigate the McPike Mansion and the Mineral Springs Hotel, which have been featured on Ghost Adventures. Um, The owner of the hotel and the owner of the McPike Mansion, her name is Sharon Lucky. She's awesome have already agreed that because of what our group does, that they would love to come on board and be part of the process. So what we do is we just bring on our group of our women, sign up, buy tickets on Eventbrite, and then come to the investigation site, have a picnic, have a potluck, have a great time, do our overnight investigations like you do, 
but all the proceeds from the sale of the tickets, once the cost of the event place is, is um, like you said, Kevin on 360, where it's kind enough to donate the cost and write it off. But mm-hmm. uh, if a place has a location has a cost, we pay for that cost and then get that back in our ticket sales. And then through the you know the raffle baskets that everybody makes and brings them to sell for our our uh, haunted raffles, and some of those baskets are pretty epic, I have to say. Um, all the proceeds go to an area domestic violence shelter to support victims and survivors of domestic violence. So we go to a city to investigate. We take a look and find out what kind of women's shelter they have available in that city, and then we turn around and we donate back to that city's shelter. So, Jerry, how much did we donate to uh, Safe Harbor in Virginia? I thought it was a little over 1100 yeah. What was that, Dennis? It was 1700 what, I said I, it was it was well over $1,000. I can't remember the exact figure. Do you remember the exact figure? It was it was quite a bit. I don't remember exact, but it was right at $1,800. Yeah. Yeah, it, $1,800 <laughs> got donated to that shelter. At least I think it was 170 86 or some weird number. But that's the healthiest yeah. large amount of money to have added to your budget, like, all at once yeah. when you're working in these shelters. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of women's feminine products and shampoo and shoes and clothing. That's a lot. That's a lot. So being able to do that, we're doing something on our platform that's a little different. Not only are we doing the donations, but the <laughs> fact that it's women only. Men can still donate to the cause. They can donate and have their money sent to the shelter and be part of Boo Bitches that way. But this is giving women a safe environment to investigate. And when I mean by safe, I'm not saying that other teams are not, but what it does is allow for women to come together and share their experiences and share their stories. And they're learning that they are not alone in their experience, that they are not the only one that has suffered or been raped or been abused. And it allows for safe conversation and healing. And a lot of women will not open up and talk about their experiences around men. So at the Boo Bitches event that we had this year, Dennis and my husband, Robbie, were the only men allowed on campus. Ryan showed God. up for a very brief moment. We were really happy to see him. Everybody was grateful to see him. But he took his time and then he left. Um, mm-hmm. Robbie and Dennis just made sure that we were all safe and they kept the bonfire burning. And it was an absolutely magical experience. So mm-hmm. thank you again, Dennis, for hosting us at the Kevin on 360. We will definitely bring the group back for another investigation there until the property gets sold. Hopefully that doesn't happen. If you win the lotto, please buy the property. Oh, if I win the lotto, you, you bet your ass the first thing I'm doing is <laughs> And if I win the lotto, I will buy the property. Y'all hear I'm putting that on the, on the, if I win the lottery, I will buy the property. We will make sure that the cabin stays investigatable. But, yeah. Jerry, you have anything to add on that to the Boo Bitches event? No, I think you pretty much covered it all. Um, I mean, like you said, it was a magical experience. I mean, I felt sorry for some of the conversations that the men got caught up in because they realized that we <laughs> talk way worse than they do. <laughs> The one that constantly kept me off guard was Vanessa's friend, Lynn. Man, 
She was the sweet little quiet one you had to watch out for. She'd drop a bomb on you and leave you standing there choking on your drink. <laughs> she caught Robbie off guard once. He about peed his pants laughing. She's a little stinker, that one. I just love her. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So but it was it was a lot of fun. It was. And I'll keep you guys up to date on the uh, – and really, I, it's just, do we have enough interest? Can I get enough interested people that would be willing to come up here to Illinois and go to, it's called Alton, Illinois, and it is voted the, the most haunted small city in America. And one of, there's an author who has written many books about Alton. His name is Troy Taylor. He's on Facebook. He also does the tours through the Mineral Springs Hotel but Troy has written probably 70 books. He's done Haunted St. Louis. His most recent one is called, I have it in my hand here, hold on just a second. It's called Hell Hath No Fury, 13 Spirits of the Wicked and the Wronged, and it talks about women. So, again, a domestic violence background there. But mm-hmm. anyway, Troy's amazing. He would be part of our group. He would be part of our tours with us. Um, and so look up Troy Taylor. If you guys haven't, haven't heard of him before, take a look at what he offers as far as his writings. And he's like you, Dennis. He knows his research. He researches his background, does his history, ferrets out what story and what's been handed down through generations versus what has actual fact attached to it. Um, so really fantastic guy to have on board. And um, Sharon would be present at the McPike Mansion. She bought the mansion at auction several years ago, and they put in about $400,000 into this just trying to keep the building standing. The building is in absolute turmoil. So being in the house, there's only a few places in the house we'd be able to investigate because the staircases are not safe, the floors are falling through. And I can look through the floor of the main entry and look all the way up into the second floor. So we don't really want to go too far, but... There's a lot of activity, and we have the whole basement, which is a huge wine cellar, rocked-in, cavern-style basement. So lots of stuff there to do, and that's would be where we would actually be able to camp. She's got a bonfire and space for camping, so that's where we can set up tents and actually camp. So it's just about finding out if we have enough interest to book the next Boo Bitches for, you know, midsummer, spring at Alton. Thanks for letting right. me talk about it because I want somebody to say we want to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait. Trust me, if I can figure out financing, and if I can get you know several of my uh, team members on board, we'll carpool our happy asses out there, and we'll be there. Well, you guys know that when you get up this way, I will move dining room tables and and put up air mattresses. My Victorian home is open for anybody to sleep in. We will make floor space. I got I got so, three floors of livable space. We will find rooms for butts. Not a problem. So, Heather, Heather, uh, Carrie, y'all hearing this? Get ready for an Illinois road trip someday. <laughs> and. Heather Dotson, you got to make sure Iris has got her shit together so she can go along with us and go check out some big mansions out in Illinois. And good people. You guys are going to meet some really good paranormal investigator people out here that are good historians and just genuinely good folks, you know? So I always try to support those. And 
And Alton does already on the lines of surgery. Alton. Does that go on the lines of unity, Dennis? I mean, this is community. Um, and Alton has a women's shelter. I already researched it. Nice. So we would have a okay. place to donate. So. Well, it's not like you're not coming on my show anytime soon, Tracy, and <laughs> At some point. But we're going to talk about other stuff. So, but Dennis brought it up. So I had to talk about it. But, um, yeah, that's really all I've got, except for the uh, – we did get a chance to go to Mineral Springs just kind of impromptu the other day. It was a complete fluke. We went up to – a friend of mine had to go pick up a dollhouse that she bought. Her name's Terry. Dennis, you met Terry, Terry with the goats, Terry, Terry. Anyway, she said to tell you hi. Yeah. She loves you. She hopes to see you soon. And uh, anyway, she and I went up to Alton to go and pick up a dollhouse that she bought that she's going to transfer into a haunted house. It's going to be really cute. But um, we stopped by Mineral Springs, and I was shopping at the little crystal shop. They have the whole witchy crystal shop, which was really nice. And this lady walked up to me, and she just started talking to me, and she just started reading me, like psychic reading me. And I looked at her, and I looked at the jewelry she was wearing, and I'm like, you're the owner, aren't you? Because the pieces that she had on were probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of crystal necklaces and rings. And that says, you know, you you own the place. (laughs) She goes, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. And offhanded, I asked, would it be possible to see the bathhouses and the pools? And she looked me up and down for a minute and then stepped back and said, for you? Yeah, I think that would be okay. They don't do that. I can't stress enough. They don't do that. And they gave us carte blanche for as long as we wanted down there in those haunted pools. And it was the coolest. But I don't know what made her say yes, but I'm so glad she did. We had a blast. Didn't have a whole lot of activity, but, Dennis, there was something that involved you down in the pool. (laughs) Why do they always find you, man? (laughs) What do you mean something that involved me? I tried to text you. Now, I'm sitting down in the pool area. I have full service on my phone. I have four bars on my phone. I've been texting with my husband, so I know they're going through. And then I pull up your name, and I start to text, hey, Dennis, guess where we are? Would, I'd love for you to do a remote read on the place. And they immediately went undelivered, and I went full no service on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So then I thought, I'm going to test this theory because I know they like to mess with you. So I popped back over, and I sent a text to my husband. Four bars, full service, went through, no problem. I'm like, all right, back pop over to Dennis. Tried to text you again and send you pictures. Boop, no service. I'm like, you fuckers. They Sounds know you familiar, there, too, Jerry? Dennis. Sounds familiar, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> so, so. I'm not surprised. Uh, you're just so well. All those messages you received. Yeah, all those messages you got from me, Dennis, came after we left the basement pool. Nice. We were already gone, and then they sent, because then you replied. On a a fairly similar note, um, this weekend we have um, folks coming out that are all camp counselors to the cabin, and then next weekend I'm going to Ohio State Reformatory Mansfield. 
with Ooh. a half a dozen very good teams that are like family to me. FPRI, Twisted, um, um, Middletown, um, GI Paranormal, Covert. They're all really good people. And they ended up with an opening, so they asked me if I wanted to go to Ohio State Reformatory. And I said, um, hell yes. And the irony of that is about two years ago, I had a father and son that had done like Henricus Park with us. They had done Pamplin Park with us. They had done the cabin a couple of times. And then they kind of disappeared for probably three, four months. Then they showed up again for an investigation at the cabin. And as I shook their hands and greeted them, I said, man, where have you guys been? You've been missing for a while. I was kind of wondering if everything was all right. And I went, Oh yeah, yeah. We just we decided we we're going to branch out. So we went and we did Eastern State Penitentiary, and then we did Moundsville Penitentiary, and then, you know, you're you're famous. I went, uh, no, I'm not famous. I, I'm well known, and it may or may not be good known, but I'm well known. He goes, oh no, no, the spirits at Ohio State know you. I went, oh, you went to Ohio State? That's cool as hell. I can't wait to get there one day. And he goes, wait, you've never been there? And I went, no. Well, we were we were in, in chatting with everybody else, and we told him that we had gone to the cabin on 360 several times, and we captured an EVP that says, fuck Dennis. And you've <laughs> never been there? And I started laughing, going, yeah, this seems <laughs> to be a running theme. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you know, it, it kind of enforces the theory that I've been been kind of working on for years in what you do in one location. Spirit has open communication. They can talk to each other. They don't need mm-hmm. us. They they have a communication system that's incredible. So if you're a complete asshole in one location you are known before long at all locations. And, you know, when you when you go into a location and you don't treat the spirits there with respect and you treat them with disregard, I think the other spirits at other locations, and I, I'm a firm believer that they know you're coming there before you know you're going there. And yeah. they, they will definitely put you in your place. Now, I think the reason that I am thought of as an asshole amongst the spirit world is because of what I do. As a medium, as um, the one that does the cleansings and blessings, and and if need be, I will be the one that performs the crossings. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed in five different religions and three different beliefs. So I think spirit knows that I'm there for one of two reasons. And if they're an asshole and I've been called in to deal with them, they know it's about to get ugly and go down. Yeah, you're the principal in the highest school. Yeah, but when you get Mm -hmm. to, like, the cabin on 360, Melissa, the young lady that was murdered, I'm convinced that she's still there, and I'm convinced Mm -hmm. that she knows I am there as her protector Um, I mean, I got a Class A EVP out of her bedroom that brought me to tears. 
I'm leaned against her window frame, and I said, Melissa, are you here with us, sweetheart? And I got just this beautiful little female voice that says, I'm with you. And it sounded like she was standing right beside me in that room, and I got the cold chills chills on the the whole right side, and I had to step outside. I I started crying. It was just that emotional. Because, you know, I'd spent six years not just researching this girl and, and her short little life, but trying to connect to her and trying to help her feel that you are not forgotten. You are loved. Your life wasn't meaningless. You know, even though it was ended tragically and short, you are loved. And, yeah. you know, I, I think in, in, in paranormal investigating, there is the theory of familiarity. The more you return to a place, the more spirit is going to talk to you. And mm-hmm. the more they know you, the more they're going to talk to you. And I think that young lady finally understood that, you know, he's here for my benefit. Because one of the first things I did was sealed and blessed her room and told her that this is your safe space. You can come and go through the rest of the house all you like, but you can always return to this room and nothing else is allowed in this room. And we've caught some other voices in that room, but very little. It's almost always been Melissa's voice in that room. And I don't think I've ever caught a male's uh, voice on EVP in that room. So, you know, I, I think... And then we re-blessed it with... Uh... Go ahead, sorry. I, you know, I, I think spirit kind of understands boundaries. You know, there's definitely intelligent spirit there. It's not all just residual... Tape play. There is definitely some intelligent spirit there. Agreed. Agreed. There is definitely a difference in Melissa's room during the Boo Bitches event when we set up that small altar in her room with the flowers and the. Remember when Vanessa said you went. Vanessa had a very interesting experience with her, and I won't go into the whole deal. But the very last thing that Melissa said to us before she brought Vanessa back forth was because Jerry said, is there anything else we can do for you, sweetheart? And she said, I'm hungry. And Jerry brought in some of uh, somebody's chip dip, Mm -hmm. chips and dip. And we set that on the altar with the flowers and the incense and the candle. Uh, She talked to us through the candle flame by making the flame rise tall for yes and sputter for no. And we had probably a good 40 minutes worth of talking to her that way without any other equipment, just the candle flame that was on the altar. And the house felt amazing the next morning when we walked through to make sure everything was shut, shut down and the windows were shut and locked because we'd opened the house up to get fresh air through there. And the house, I don't know, Jerry, did you agree? The house felt absolutely incredible when we left. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that whole how are you? Um, I think that whole everything felt really good. You could feel the definite energy shift when we did our blessings and prayers, and it just and it just kept everybody safe and grounded, pretty much. And that's something that we had talked about, Dennis. Remember before we even you know, started the event, that is so important. And that 
grounding and the blessings and the prayers made a huge difference. I mean, you just just feel it wasn't nothing negative. You just feel it just felt really good. Yeah. And I think that made that just made all the difference in the world. Everybody enjoyed everything. It was like she was allowed to come out and play because that was also the first time she'd been outside in a long time. Yeah. So it was very playful energy. So hopefully Mm -hmm. there's some residuals of that on the property for her. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Christian. Thanks for joining us, brother. We got, well, we've got some time left. We've got about seven minutes left before Ryan comes on with his supernatural news. I had to remember what it was. So, Dennis, can you talk a little bit about some of the public events that might be coming up at the cabin? I know you got one coming up on August the 20th. Yeah, so August 20th is just a public event. We had so many people blowing us up asking when our next public event was, when's the next investigation. Um, so we knocked out a weekend from making it available to teams to host a public event there. Um, and then we're going to do, it's a private event and it'll be invite only, but it's mid-October for our our crop family and, and friends that back us and support us. Uh, that'll be our Halloween gig. Um, but we're still looking at dates we're going to try to do. And if I can get team support, we're going to do like we did uh, pre-COVID, which is just little two-hour mini events. Uh, so we'll spend four hours a night at the property from like 7 to 9 and 9 to 11. Uh, you know, and we'll give tours to the general public in those two-time slots, do a little brief investigation with them, and then, uh, bring in the next folks because one thing I found out, you know, even though this is something that happened 40 plus years ago in Mechanicsville, a small little town, very few people either a remember it or b knew about it. Right. And you know now they're interested. Oh, well, you know what the hell? They're they're pushing this property as haunted. Well, I can give you a little bit of Civil War history right in your own backyard if you're a local. I can give you some uh, history regarding this tragedy and this young lady. And then I can introduce you to the paranormal. You know, through my team, uh, we can make this happen. And so many people don't understand. They look at TV, and don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for all the paranormal shows because they have done one thing that we couldn't do in all the years of investigating they brought the paranormal mainstream. It's no longer kind of a taboo, and you're no longer looked at as crazy when you go, yeah, I had some shit happen in my house. Now yeah. these TV shows, even though they look at us a little bit and go, you do that? You're not like those cheesy assholes on TV, are you? No, 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 no. See, there's <laughs> a difference. TV, they do it this way because there's ratings involved and sponsors and we don't have all that mess. We just want answers. You know, what's happening, mm-hmm. in, happening in John Doe's house? Um, right. You know, what is it like after we pass? So that's, you know, that's the difference between the TV shows and us. But the, the TV shows did bring it mainstream. 
but you still have so many people that have never had the opportunity to actually go out, use the gear and the instruments that we have, and do an investigation. Right. So we, yeah, we we're, make we're it, just assholes, not cheesy assholes. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard I've heard stories about you and and cheese whiz, so I'd be careful, buddy. <laughs> no, it's, it's the cheesy poofs that are the dangerous stuff, right, Jerry? Yeah. Found <laughs> my teeth through cheesy yeah. puffs. So, you know, um, I've got I think now about two thirds of of crop is in the in the listenership, so. Brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. We will be doing the uh, mini investigations and, and tours at the cabin again this year for Halloween. And I, I think I'm going to do something a little different than we did the other year. And I'm going to make it a little more special and a little more fun, not just not just cattle herding. I think we're going to have some fun with it. But we haven't really booked a whole lot in the way of... Uh, public investigations or anything simply because we've had so many teams interested in investigating that we haven't knocked time off the calendar and said, all right, this is solely for, you know, John Q. Public to come out and check it out. And, you know, one of the crazy things is we don't charge as much as most other locations, so I'm not asking, you know, 600 bucks for the night. Saturday night's only 250 Sunday night through Friday night's 200 bucks. Ryan and I purposely keep our rate with the cabin on 360 low so that John Q. Public and Company can come investigate and not right. have to empty the bank. But, you know, mm-hmm. that was, you know, we've all, we've all looked at locations and gone, holy Christ. All right, so I can either make my mortgage payment that month or go investigate that place one night. It shouldn't be that way. I get it. You right. have overhead, but holy Christ, it can't be that much. Now, when right. you look at a place like Ohio State Reformatory, maybe their overhead is that high. I don't know what property tax is or what their power bill is. But, you know, we're not in it to, to you know, buy new boats and you know, drive a Maserati. Ryan's car is pretty well beat up, and mine just... You know, I'll be paying for it forever. But yeah. you know, we do it to make it affordable and let people get introduced to the paranormal. And yeah. you know, I want to I want to say one more time how absolutely heartfelt grateful I am for each of the members of Crop. Because man, without you guys, nobody would want to listen to my dumbass on a podcast or anything else we wouldn't have gotten i wouldn't be anywhere we wouldn't be anywhere without y'all's dedication man i i love this team so fucking much oh they are family they are family that's sweet but you know, like the fact that we love you too, we've asshole. had we've we've had some adversity <laughs> because you know one of these assholes namely me has had some friction with other teams simply because I am the one that will call Uh-oh. you out if you are trouble or whatever. I will call you out. And it, it has caused some friction for my team and, and those around me. And my team has stood by me because they know I do it because I'm right in my yeah. heart with what I do. 
So I, yeah. I, I got to throw major kudos at him for that. Yeah. Have you got like one minute left. Yeah. So. We got to let him do supernatural. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you I'm love you, can't be on, y'all, so somewhere else. Dave, it's nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too. He's an asshole, and too. Got, a, got two of them. In that oh. last brief moment, I've also got to throw some huge props out to uh, Pandora's Peregrination Christian Zwiggle there that's in chat. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Melissa's in there or not, but uh, Melissa Altman and Christian Zwiggle, man, they're just two of the best people I've locked up with so far doing investigations. They've always had crops back. Thank you guys both so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we appreciate you coming on the show, Dennis. You can come on anytime. We've got Paranormal Roundtable coming up next week. Excellent. Count me in. <laughs> okay. Cut me off. I'll hang up so Ryan can get his show in. Thanks okay. For Radio Network. Thank you, Jerry and David. I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks, Dennis. All right. Great night. Thanks, everybody that tuned into the show.
Hello, all you freaks out there. This is Ryan. And this is Rick over here. Who realizes we're on radio and he's waving his hand like we can actually hear. You got to talk. Hello. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. I'm going to try something here. I'm going to go trying to do this on StreamYard. Um, I had problems with it last time, but we'll see if it works. All right. So I'm going to go to my page here. Wait. Where are we? Uh, hello, right here. Nope. Do, 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 do. All right, should be on here. All right, now hit a post, copy link, trying to. Make it so people can see the video. Right. Just now, live now. Okay. Sure. I can't. I can't. I can't see. I couldn't see the um, the chat. So now I'm trying. They're like, well, we need to, we need to set it so it's um, public, I guess. Change the privacy settings. Now, let's see what the privacy settings are. Hmm. This is why I guess why I just do Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Just stupid stuff like this. Hmm. Can't post comments to some destinations. Comments. Find more. The things said she'll be here. We'll be on here in a minute. Okay. We got five people watching this right now, and I can't even tell because I am a stupid. I can't figure this shit out. Maybe do 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 do. All right, guys. Welcome to Supernatural News. This is um. It's probably something so obvious. Well, you guys click this and do that. Here, it's on public, so yeah. The comments are supposed to. If any, I don't even know if anybody's even commenting on the video right now. But uh, yeah, the comments are supposed to show up on the stream yard right here. Five viewer comments show up. Okay. Well, welcome to Supernatural News, guys. Um, hope everyone had a good week. We're super excited to be here. Chatting to you about paranormal stories we found here on the World Wide Web. We are live here at Camp Hanover. Yep. The freaking awesome Paranormal Show Studios, also known as the uh, Healthcare Center. Um, yeah, let's get let's get started. We've got special guest Rick, the G-Man Gabbert, hanging out with us. <laughs> Live and in person. Let's see here. Whoop. All right. So let's go. Let's start. Let's start with our. Let's start with our first story here. Um. Let's see. We're on the mirror. Had a lot of good par- paranormal stories on on the mirror. Uh. 
Let's uh, let's read this one right here. Okay. Okay. So we all love haunted dolls. Who doesn't love a good haunted doll, really? Yeah. You know, this guy had a haunted doll. She looks precious, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but apparently, and she looks she looks like a black eyed kid. She's got no barely you can barely see the pupils in her eyes. Yeah. Um, but apparently he he buys this doll and his family won't come and visit him because uh, the doll blinks and makes them sick. So if you want to keep your family away, uh, go out and buy a haunted doll that blinks at them and makes them sick because they won't come back. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Do 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 do. The owner of a 119-year-old haunted doll claims his family and friends won't visit as she gives them chest pains and blinks at guests. Oh, my God, she blinks at guests. I guess I'd be freaked out if a doll started blinking at it. Yeah, definitely. I'd be kind of freaked out, too. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if it was at the cabin, I'd be like, hell, yeah, put, it, put that in the uh, brochure. Yeah, our cabin, my, our doll blinks at you, but it's all different when you take it home. Oh, yeah. doll can blink, you know, the doll can blink all it wants to in the cabin. Mickey York from Northampton has locked Janet, Janet the doll away in his shed due to her giving her friends and chest family or family chest pains. The doll, which was owned by a woman in Texas until she passed away in 2016, was so intimidating to her family they were prepared to do anything to get to get rid of her, which meant even paying for her to be removed. It's a doll. What? How? What do you? What do you have to pay to remove a doll? On this stuff. In 2016, the 42-year-old decided to take ownership of Janet and Mickey, and Mickey, who was initially very excited because the family in Texas paid for her to be sent over to the UK. It was uh, it's always a sign for their eagerness to get. It's always a sign for the, of the eagerness to get to get rid of the doll. Can't talk tonight. And now Mickey sometimes has to pick between the doll or his family as he admitted to the Metro. He's definitely not welcomed by my family. Hmm. I mean, if you have to make a choice between a doll and your family and your family, you gotta get your priorities straight. Oh yeah. I mean, how bad is this family? <laughs> it's just like, well, I don't know. I don't know, maybe it's a doll. I mean, unless he's like the black kid of the family, then yeah. maybe. I mean, she, she, I mean, it's not a really like, good-looking doll either. It's kind no. of scary-looking. Since having her, a lot has happened. There's There's been a moment when Janet has been captured blinking on camera, even though she doesn't actually have any eyes. I knew it. There's no There's no eyes in there. It's, it's empty. Yeah. I have also had friends around Janet who have had to walk away because they started feeling chest pains and feeling sick. Uh, He admitted, I knew there must be something serious about it because the family didn't want any money for her and even paid to get it sent over to the UK. They really wanted rid of her. She had no name when I first got her. I discovered that her name was Janet through our spirit box session. Damn it, Janet. (laughs) <laughs> asked her her name and spirit that is attached to the doll told me that her name was Janet. The doll, according to Mickey, or Mikey, inexplic- inexplicably throws herself off his office display each time he walks in 
he finds her, he finds her there lying on the floor helpless. He's just set up next to a Ouija board mm. in the picture. He said, I decided to bring Janet out just to see what would happen. And since she has been on display in my office, I regularly walk in to find her on the floor, and there's no way that she could have fallen off. I'm trying to communicate with Janet through a spirit box to find out why she is constantly jumping off the shelf. I've had Janet since 2016, and usually she is kept locked away because she brings such bad feelings to people when they are around her. Janet has sworn at Mickey. She even has teeth, but that doesn't put off him spending time with the doll. He admitted, I got into paranormal investigating after seeing about it on television shows. I wanted to see if it was real real, so I went down to my local cemetery to try it out, but I've never looked back. I can't wait to see what other experiences I have with Janet in the future. I mean, this guy has this doll. It's obviously, obviously causing problems for him and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's like maybe it's one of those things where it's just hard to get rid of. You know, you've got this uh, an attachment to the doll, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Something makes you wonder, you know, could it be changing the way that he thinks about, you know, his family and stuff, or what? Could be. You know, you don't, you don't need them. You don't need your family. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with Janet. <laughs> Janet. If enough, I brought, like, Caitlin home, and she started, like, oh, you know, be like, you need to get rid of the doll or get rid of us. Yeah, I'd probably be like, all right, maybe you're cool there, Caitlin, but mm-hmm. you're definitely going to stay away. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they said. You had to pay someone to get rid of the doll. Just take the doll outside. You know, I'll, come to, I'll come get rid of it. It's a scary-looking doll. It is a not a pleasant-looking doll at all. I'm copying and pasting it to our, to our pages here. Here it is. Boom. And go to the freaking awesome page now and post it for it there too. Yeah, it's not it's definitely uh but how's it blinking? I guess and look at I guess maybe it still has eyelids maybe, but it's blinking doesn't have any eyes. So I'm not sure how that works. But I guess if it still has eyelids, it can still blink, but maybe one of those dolls that you, you lay back, <laughs> you know, and it closes its eyes and you hold it up. Maybe it's like that. I mean, it makes you wonder if the hair is fake or if it's real because I've heard dolls actually having real hair. Yeah. Who knows? There he is. There's Mickey York. Well, good luck, Mickey. With Janet, hope everything works out okay with you guys and Here's one. Ooh, here's another one. That's more of a uh, <laughs> more of a visual thing. Yeah. Here's one. We all enjoy going into caves. Of course. Especially haunted caves. 
Mm. I've actually never been in a haunted cave, and I don't think I've ever been in a cave besides like Luray Caverns. But, you know, if I had an opportunity to go to the haunted cave, I probably would, as long as I'm with somebody, because I'll never get lost if I don't. Um, but these paranormal experts, they went into a cave, and they claimed to have been hissed out by a witch. Paranormal experts say they were left thoroughly spooked after going looking for the malevolent spirit of a cave-dwelling witch. While exploring the caves of Wookie Hole near Wells and Somerset, paranormal investigator Tony Ferguson and a team of ghost hunters claimed to have heard the voice of the evil witch who lived in the caves from 1,000 years ago. The group ventured into the caves at night, led by tour guide Jamie Russell, and were soon left scared of the witch after allegedly hearing the witch for themselves. According, according to Tony, the witch could be heard hissing at them, jeering, come to me, in an apparent bid to separate the ghoul-hunting gang. Even more chillingly, Tony says the female voice could be heard hissing, kill her, and believes she was per- per- perturbed by the presence of the other women in the group. Tony, 37, his wife, Bev, 59, investigators Debbie McCall, 51, and Emily Cowell, 38, of Ghost to Ghost, say they recited an ancient poem together to awaken the sorcerer's spirit right at the spot where the legend says she once lived. Well, I mean, if you're writing a poem or reading a poem to bring her here, then you shouldn't be too surprised when she appears. Right. It was then they noticed an, an unnerving change in atmosphere, followed by the sound of ghostly female voice. Things became so intense that even tour guide Jamie, Jamie, 45, apparently had to step outside for a bit. Hmm. Really well at cave. Yeah, it is. County of Southampton, Hampshire, said, they, we were being lured away from each other. I believe she was trying to get us separated from each other, but we stuck together due to health and safety. There's an effect called the drunken feeling when you start to feel like you're swaying. That means there's – that means – there's usually something around you that break into your trying to break into your energy, and a couple of us felt that. Other than that, most of it was verbal, like swearing and hissing. As she knew we could hear, what was what was there was communicating with us, and it was intelligent. Even Jamie has been at Wookie Hole. Wookie Hole. Sounds <laughs> like a bad Star hey, Wars moment. Hey baby, want to see my Wookie Hole? <laughs> no, get away from me, you creep. A long time, and he has never been on investigation where he could hear everything to the ear. Come to my wookie hole. Come to my wookie hole. As well as hearing the voice, the group also claims to have spotted creepy carvings on the cave walls, which they believe were, which they believe were etched by the witch herself. According to local legend, the witch of wookie hole was a woman who lived in the cave long ago and used her sorcery for all sorts of cruel deeds. Under her power, those in the area are said to have experienced crops failing, cattle dying, and even people disappearing. The villagers were said to be so frightened of her abilities, they viewed her home as a gateway to hell. As for legend, she eventually met her end, and as a priest and monk was sent to her dark underground dwelling, putting a stop to her evil dealings by turning her into stone. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So a priest and a monk came in and turned her to stone. 
Okay, that, that's that's perfect. Tony says the witches among the, the nastier ghosts he's come across in his 12 years as a paranormal investigator. He continued, growing up as a wee lad, you know, growing up as a had a few paranormal experiences of seeing gentlemen in my granddad's house as a child. As I got a bit older, I saw a female apparition at my mom's house, which late in life I was told there was a lady that died in the room I slept in. They don't tell me that when I'm a kid. Shit, I'll never get any sleep. Mm-hmm. So it has pushed me pushed me for answers of what I was experiencing growing up. I document the journey by going to many of the claimed haunted locations around the UK and document any activities or anything unusual or unexplainable. I first started out just documenting it for myself, but it was amazed by some of the amazing things I've experienced. Hmm. Oh, there we are. Hey, guys. Oh, Jade, Jade Eleanor is watching this. What's up, Jade? How you doing? Hope you enjoying the, the incredible stories of the Wookie Hole. You got to say it that way, too. You got to say, Wookie Hole. Sounds like a bad trip club. Maybe at the Wookie Hole. See here. I think it's almost there. Where these people are. At least some of these look like the people are in the, in the pictures. Mm-mm. Looks like they I got like like tactical gear on here. I gotta hold on. I gotta get the picture. Do do do. Get story shared here. Uh, I'll share it later. Who is one? Every ghost ship. Every ghost ship runs aground on a beach during a storm with discarded life jackets nearby. These things fascinate me. Oh, yeah. And, and, and spooky ghost ship. Look at that. And spooky ghost ship. Oh. Grammar, people. And spooky ghost ship. <laughs> a spooky ghost ship ran aground on a beach in the middle of a storm in Cambodia. The desert, deserted desert, I can't even call it, deserted vessel was, was found ashore after being blown by strong winds as waves hit the coast near Kotang Island in the province of Bria Senakwa in Cambodia on the evening of July 12th. The next morning, authorities searched the shoreline for signs of occupants to no avail. They just freaking left. They just, whoop, we're out of here. Yep. However, three life jackets were discarded on rocks just 50 meters from the wreckage. Well, I'm sure they had more than three people on the boat. It's a pretty damn big boat. Right. Officials still have not been able to aboard the because of rough seas. It's up on the beach while the weather calms down. Oh, wow. It looks pretty close to the shore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they can't get on there. The local Coast Guard saw Pete's sign at first. He said, at first we were not able to get close enough to the ship to check its markings. There's no sign of which country it came from. Mm-hmm. We have informed ships in the area to keep watching for any missing crew. They could be in a lifeboat or floating. Why would they get off the boat? I don't know. You know, I understand the boat was on the bottom of this freaking ocean, but it's right there. Staff from the Kotong Observation Force came and searched for anyone who had watched up further along the coast. They believe the vessel was res- registered in China. They said the crew said today that the crew was and captain had still not been found. Hmm. 
a ghost vessel is a ship that has a ghost vessel. A ghost ship is a vessel that has been abandoned. The ship. Thank you for that. Yeah. I thought it was a real ghost ship. <laughs> the ship has could um could also have been scrapped and come loose from a boatyard. Sam said that the ship had been reported to police. Cambodia's prolific gateway used by Chinese gangsters to smuggle meth from labs in Myanmar into the rest of the Asian Pacific region to wealthy countries such as Australia, Taiwan, Singapore, Japan, and Hong Kong. There's some drug stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, like that. Yeah, it's interesting. We got some we got some heaps from the sun. They, they jumped off the boat. Yeah. That is interesting. Or muy interesante, as they say. Spooky ghost ship. <laughs> it's always interesting when they find... Uh, they find ships like that floating at sea and nobody's nobody's in the boat. Yeah. They don't look pretty, pretty good. Which one? Right on here. So chilling down below. Chilling footage shows rocking chair creepily moving by itself. Yeah. Okay. This is a video. Which people can't see. Mm-mm. But we can. Ha ha ha. We'll let you know how creepy it is. <laughs> the chilling footage shows rocking chair creepily moving by itself at a haunted hotel. The video appears to capture a rocking chair that moves all by itself at a hotel dubbed Chester's Most Haunted. The owners of Ye Old King's Head shared the footage of the mysterious incident, one of many ghostly goings on unreported by the unreported goings on reported by the pair. Right, Cheshire Live. Okay. Yeah, I had to read it a couple times there. <laughs> it is believed the hotel was date back to 1622. It's home to a whopping 13 spirits. And we're not, and we're not talking about the ones behind the bar. <laughs> Including tormented souls of Civil War soldiers, Roman soldiers, young children, and even women who worked there when it was a brothel in the 17th century. Oh, wow. The foundations of the original building that the, that the hotel is on are even older, having been constructed by Peter the Clerk in 1208. Peter the Clerk in 1208. Peter the freaking clerk. Ye Old King's Head has gained such a reputation for its paranormal activity that it has featured on TV show Most Haunted, and more recently on Sky Picks Paranormal. Holy crap, Sky Picks Paranormal. That is awesome. It was also named Spookiest Hotel in the Northwest last year. Northwest. Huh. In the Northwest. So. That's some pretty neat looking. Yeah, yeah. Pretty neat looking. they have some pretty cool looking. It looks creepy. Mm-hmm. It was brought bought by Paranormal enthusiast author Achilles 15 years ago, and his dream has been to turn it into a top dark tourism destination due to its spooky reputation. Settings over the years are said to range from eerie mist to full body apparition, with poltergeist activity 
reported in the bar, including pints being knocked over. That's just a waste. Yeah. Knocking over a pint. That is a party foul. It is one of a number of reputedly haunted buildings in Chester with the thriving ghost tour industry built up around them. Harry has now installed a series of 16 infrared cameras around the grade two listed building in a bid to monitor any unusual activity. Got bugs running into the window beside us. (laughs) And amongst the latest findings find is a video of a rocking chair which appears to be moving by itself. The chair, which has a creepy doll on it, is in room six by the hotel at the hotel, one of a number of supposedly haunted rooms there. Paranormal investigator Danny Moss, who has joined Harry and fellow team member Brett Jones to work on the My Haunted Hotel project at Ye Old King's Head, said that he and the rest of the team there had been stunned to see the footage of the rocking chair and had been even tempted to debunk it without success. Danny said, Chester is one of the most haunted cities in UK in the UK without without a doubt. And this four hundred year four hundred year old building is reputedly one of the most haunted in the country. That's cool. Looks like down the street of Bush Gardens and you walk by the Yeah. Road trip. What, to Chester, England? Let's do it. Yeah. It's become such a huge attraction locally. It's the ninth week of the cameras being installed now and the activity we have captured on camera has been phenomenal. We found the footage of the rocking chair moving at three twenty eight PM in the afternoon when there were no guests in the hotel. Harry got a notification on his phone saying there was a movement in room six. He went back and told me and Brett, and we even tried to debunk it, but could not find an explanation for this happening as the chair is pretty heavy. It would not be moved by a draft or people walking around it. For example, I'm a quite a scientific person, and I will always look for rational, rational explanation. I can't find one. That's when I know it's real. Yes. That's when I know it's real. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty cool. That's the kind of stuff we look for. Kind of yeah, stuff yeah. we know. We caught it on video. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool, guys. That is awesome. There's one right down, right here. Paratrick expert crying in fear of the tricking famous ghost in the prison for Okay. Panel expert. This was, again, we're in the mirror. We were discussing in the mirror all night. Yeah, Paranormal expert in crying in fear after tricking famous ghost in the posing for a photo. Mm. Oh, shoot. There we are. He's yeah. showing up. Holy crap. Oh, crap. Oh, there we go. This there is the first time it's ever showed up on the, on the screen there. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's either Shannon. Shannon, Austin, William, Jade. Perfect. 
Uh, and then the character is the Wendy too. Yeah, Wendy, what's up, guys? What's up? There's no one's watching us now. Yeah. We need to ignore you guys. Sorry, we're reading our <laughs> Sorry, my bad. No, we can't do both. Sorry. Um, a ghost hunter believes he has captured the most famous famous black monk on from Pontefract on the camera after sneakily catching him out. Oh boy. Catching him out doing what? That's mm, the question. Makes you wonder. I know. John Paul Newland, who said he is, was left almost in tears of fears. He just wasn't tears for fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Exactly. And it is a mad world out there. Um, mad world. Yeah. Something happens that I fed over here with ghosts. <laughs> I've seen the image. He he claims he tricked the monk by taking a photo of, of his reflection in the mirror. Oh, that tricky. Uh-oh. John Paul. Yeah. The paranormal investigator uh, visited 30 East Drive, Pontefract, East Yorkshire, dubbed one of the UK's spookiest homes last month to contact the ghost thought to haunt its rooms. The 40-year-old... Mm-hmm has since revealed an image shot in one of the upstairs bedrooms, which he believes captures, catches, or captures, whatever, the dreaded black monk apparition in its bottom right-hand corner. He says frightening, he says a frightening silhouette. There's the monk wearing a long hooded robe with its arm raised in front of him. John Paul has brushed off claims by some that the figure is just a light reflection and not a ghost. Brush it off. (laughs) It is real. I mean, I'm looking at the picture now, and you really got to stretch your imagination. I have no idea. I don't even know what he's looking at. (laughs) But Keep an open mind because I, you know, I, we have the cabin and, uh, you know, I don't like people just brushing off my evidence yeah. and be like, oh, I don't see it, so it must, it must not be real. No, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind here, guys. Yeah, you have to be. Yes. No matter what. I don't want people brushing off my stuff. Mm-mm. So let's just, okay, let's just keep reading. <laughs> the black monk of Pontefract is believed to have caused what some call the UK's most Violent haunting where families say they were terrorized after moving into 30 East Round Road during 1966. Mm-hmm. Parents of two, Gene and Joe Pritchard, claimed they saw the monk numerous times, even floating above their bed. Mm-hmm. They said lights would, were turned off and on, pictures were splashed, furniture disappeared, and heavy breathing could be heard throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Facebook users were stun- left stunned by the discovery. And even the house current owner Bill Bungay believes the investigator may have captured something real. John Paul from Nocturne, Lincolnshire. I always thought it was Lincolnshire, but it's actually Lincolnshire. Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw the picture, my my heart sank. I I won't lie, I was really taken aback by it. And there was a point where I was nearly in tears. I don't know whether it was just because I was happy or that I was frightened. I couldn't tell at that time. I just ran up the stairs shouting, I found him! I found him! I got him! It looked like the black monk. There's a black monk there, and there was a film made based on the story. This is what what the story is all about. 
There was a lot of sadness in the room. I felt sad and, and uneasy. The room, I, I, the moment I took that shot, we all said that there was just something that, that was just not right about that room. And then, bang, I think a monk has been called out. I don't think he was, he want, he was wanting to show himself. I used the mirror as a false sense of security for him, and I caught it that way. Well, that's yeah. smart thinking. Yeah, definitely. I've never caught an image useless, unless useless. I never caught an image unless I shot it through a mirror or a piece of glass. My team members also took the same shots through the same mirror at the same time and got nothing. Mm-hmm. I did it, not them. Ha, 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 ha. Wait, I can't say that. That was me. I did that part. <laughs> I've caught a lot of apparition that lot of apparitions of entities, figures, or images in the corners of room, but there was just something about this one. I had a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling. <laughs> Light distortions and lens flares have come up quite a bit at the moment, but when you see the darker image, it shows more than just this. It's an amazing moment for me. I won't say this is a paranormal picture due to the fact spotted the photo, and I don't like to force people into seeing what they don't see. I'll leave it to the imagination of, at the moment. The haunting of East 30 East Drive was the subject of the horror movie, of the horror mo, or mo, movie, when the, light go, when the lights go out, and the property now open to visitors, featuring on the most haunted live in 2015, the town's gallows were directly across the street, and a monk once hanged for raping and murdering a, a young girl. John Paul claims he managed to communicate with the monk during a 6.30 to 7 p.m. visit, including a mobile app, including a mobile app that provides it to detect low-level sound. I use apps on my phone, so I can't really no, say much no, about no. that. What's up, Jerry? Hey, Vanessa. What's up, Vanessa? Woo! That's story. Yeah. Uh, he says a baffling image has caused an influx of more than 1,000 viewers on his uh, TikTok and Facebook pages. Well, there are shit. 1,000 extra viewers? Hell yeah. Good job yeah, there, yeah. buddy. His post of the snap has, either, has earned more than 250 reactions with opinion split over whether the image captures a white monk or is merely a camera lens flare. We'll go back to the uh, same yard here. Uh, Vanessa, oh, nice. Vanessa Hogel actually made you mm. for that location for a team investigating there. Oh, okay, cool. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Very nice. I would, um, I'm gonna, I'll send you the link. I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Nope. Okay. We'll go copy, copy, and then here go to right here, paste. Here's the link to the story. reading right now so you guys can check out the picture yeah. of the uh, capture. Um, he's posted the snap has earned more than 250 reactions with opinion split over whether the image captures a white monk or is merely a camera or lens flare. One believer commented, I think all non-believers should spend the night at 30 East Drive. The other said, I see a man in a white robe with a gold face and a big, with gold and a big face. The third simply added, wow, fantastic. However, skeptic commented, does have a lens flare quality with the property angles of glass calls can cause this. Another, another agreed writing, in my opinion, this is overexposure from light sources. 
You can see light reflection from TV and drawers. Light is basically bouncing around and creating what's known as a variant called caustic and multi-iris lens flare. A third said, it's an interesting picture, but for me, I don't see anything paranormal, but that's not to say there isn't. Mm-hmm. If we start with what you said, I shot through a mirror. I want to say this has been, may have been caused by light reflection. I'm no expert, but this is just my thoughts on what I'm seeing. All right. Yeah, you put your thing. You put your evidence out there. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've got to expect people to be like, okay, this is what it could be. You know, if you look at the TV and the handles of dresser, they, you know, they face in the same direction as what's being shown in the picture. This may have been caused by light bouncing around. I mean, you know what? It can happen. You got to, you've got to totally accept happen. that people are going to be critical of evidence you put out there, you know? Yeah, because anything can, you know, burn yeah. somebody else's. Thought, yeah, I put pictures out, you know, of like pe- some people have caught up the cabin and the people are like, well, that's paranoia. This could be this, could be that. Could be you know, something else. Who knows? Yeah. Always, everyone has an opinion. Oh, yeah. Owner of the home, Bill Bongate, said it's a fascinating image for several reasons. Firstly, it's shot during the daylight, so there's not, if there, so if there's anything paranormal, it challenges the convention of ghostly activity. Only happens when the lights are out. Well, that's not true. Right. You know, it's easy to see when the lights are out. Yeah. But you know, I've got EVPs in the middle of the day at the cabin. Right. Secondly, secondly, it's it's unusual for a fog to be captured by our guests. This image definitely has a strange fog to the right, and one that is hard to explain away in an era of digital photography where chemical anomalies are no longer a factor. Lastly, the most white monk like form in the bottom right ignores the general acceptance that the entity in the house is a black monk, not a white one, and the hood is Diddy Man Tall. Diddy Man. It's Diddy Man Tall. Yeah. Okay. Not not Cesarean York at all. So I guess I wonder if Diddy Man is another kind of type what does Diddy Man mean? Let's look it up. I don't know. Let's look it up. We're looking up right now. What does yep. Diddy Man mean? What does Diddy man. Um, let's see here. The Diddy men are a mythical race whose invention is often attributed to the liver pavilion comic Ken Dye. Uh, okay. I have no idea what that even means. No. The heck looks like a really short people, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. This is a mythical race. Well, but either way. The Diddy Man can. You said the Diddy Man can? Yeah. The Diddy Man can. Diddy Man can. Now there you go. There, maybe? Maybe. Or right here, did you see the nose and the face right here? The eyes? Yeah. You see the monk? Yeah. Okay. You I see, see it right there. Angels, angels came in. Do you see um do you see the face right here? 
But he's wearing a white robe. What if he's like Gandalf? He kept Gandalf. You know, Gandalf the white. Right. You shall not pass. Oh, definitely. And they passed. There's Shannon O'Brien. Oh, Shannon O'Brien. What is up, wee lasses? Ooh, let's see here. Hmm. Let's see what was going down below. Ooh. The chilling monk of Ponte. Ooh, is he back? Is this another story? Of the black monk? Ooh. We're back, buddy. Uh Uh-oh. The monk of Pontefract supposedly carried out its mischievous poltergeist waves on a family in Yorkshire by smashing eggs and leaving keys marks in their food. Sounds like a bad Halloween story. Because the the other story was about the the monk of Pontefract. This is the same monk that was caught in the mirror. Yeah. There's a part two to the story. Let's go deeper into this saga. From a Yorkshire town comes an intriguing and scary tale of the supernatural and a lurking poltergeist. Also, leaving teeth marks in the food. Yes. Hate when poltergeists lurk. Yeah, makes you wonder about them sometimes. I know, right? Film director Pat (laughs) Poulton grew up in the West Yorkshire town during the 1970s and said his mother, Renee, would tell some spooky stories about a poltergeist known as the Black Monk or Monk of Pontefract. Pat told the BBC, it did everything a poltergeist does normally, I say normally, throwing things around, freezing rooms down, you know, creating water puddles and making noises. It did a lot of unique things as well. More mischievous deeds were carried out by the naughty ghosts, according to the family, such as putting jam on door handles. Mm. One time, Pat recalled, the poltergeist is said to have chuckled, chuck chuckled, <laughs> chucked eggs <laughs> around the room despite people sitting on the box. Hmm. What box? The egg box? Maybe, because it didn't mention about, you know, eggs being thrown. Yeah. You said, and those, these eggs started flying in from the kitchen into the living room where they were smashed on the floor. Each time that happened, they looked in the box and there was another egg missing. No evidence of ghosts exists. No real evidence of ghosts exists has ever been credibly put forward, but plenty of people choose to believe. Nope. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you, <laughs> why are you even writing this article about a ghost if you're not even, believe, you know, no Ill, real evidence? All right. Something makes you wonder about some now. Scientists argue the weirdest events can be explained, putting them down to things like hallucinations. So I just hallucinated that the eggs flew across the room. I hallucinated that I had to clean up the mess. They weren't real. They're just a mad product of my, of my imagination. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes, I just hallucinated. I heard the uh, the EVPs I've captured. All mm. oh, big fever dream. Yeah. Fellow famed scientist Neil deGrasse in the Infinite Monkey Cage podcast in which American asked, if I understand what you just declared, you just asserted that CERN, the European Center for Nuclear Research, disproved the existence of ghosts. Cox simply replied, yes. Oh. In 2017, TV scientist Falfin Brian Cox 
is the third large. Let's take it. that. Okay. Um, TV scientist Boston Brian Cox has said Stern's large hadron collider in Switzerland would have found them if they were if they existed. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of scratching my head about this story. What's your part two? Almost. Yeah, I mean, talking about you know this this the black monk, and they're talking about. The ghosts don't exist. I'm like, well, why are you reading really writing a story about it? But Cox simply replied, yes. Pat himself says he is skeptical about the tales that put forward by his mom and said he can't imagine his, her, his, her, and his, his, her. <laughs> and his aunt making the stories up. He said, I'm skeptical myself, but my mom and my auntie were very down-to-earth, working-class people. The idea of them making something like this up, I just can't imagine that happening. And also, it's not just the word for it. There are so many people who have saw it firsthand. He added the mayor went around the police. They had psychic investigators, friends, and family. So many people saw it. It makes you think there's a good chance that it must have been happened. They can't all be lying. No. Director Pat used the story to inspire a film on the big screen, creating when the Seeing the film when the lights went out in 2012. It stars the likes of Kate Ashfield, Steve Waddington, mm-hmm. and Line of Duties Craig Parkinson, and Mar- Martin Compton. Well then. Oh man. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean,. I know what I've experienced at the cabin. I know what I've experienced as far as you know EVPs in other places too. I am, you know, just because CERN doesn't detect them, maybe they don't look in that. Maybe they're not looking in the right places. I know what I've experienced, and it was real. <laughs> so real. All right, well, it's 9.51, guys, and um, I think we've read enough stories for tonight. A good wheel. Let's see. Maybe do one more. I can get two. There, let's see here. Yeah, the second part is a little too much. There's one. I'm a psychic medium, and I use my gift to help couples with fertility issues conceive. Uh, let's see if there's, let's see if there's another. I'm gonna go through the other. Um, not this one. Yeah. The sun. I've already seen this one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. End it right here. My throat's starting to starting to hurt. So, yeah, it's been a long day. Here's one. Here's an interesting one. Did we watch um, what's that show called? Um, oh, we did. What? Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, Wally. Oh wow. Wally Beaver died today. Wally, not Wally Beaver. <laughs> Wally Cleaver 
outside today. That's mm. bad. In peace. To him. I would never. I'd watch Leave It to Beaver when it come on like seep uh, like TBS. Oh right. Um. But I wasn't like a huge Leave It to Beaver fan. Yeah, the beef. Mhm. Wonder why his mom and mother would beef. Name her her son Beaver, but you know that's. His name wasn't Beaver. He had a different name. That's just like a nickname. I should remember Uh, that thing. Well, gee, Wally. Are you on a video of his name? Yeah. Yeah. Can we not for a second? I mean. Like, it's a good story to tell you guys later. Okay. Interesting to say you guys later. Okay. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. Yep. We'll be back here next week with our special guest, Vanessa Hogle, talking about her latest book. So we were super excited to have her on the show. Yeah. We're back here, same freaking awesome time, same freaking awesome channel. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya.